0: What's up? What's up? What is up? It's another Friday, another opportunity to get together and record the Ball Hog Sports Talk. That's where sports, business, and entertainment collide. Only two from the crew are in the building. And the reason behind that, in a strange way, connects us to the entire show. The reason behind that is because it's August. Uh, The reason behind that is because people travel. They vacation they have a lull, they put their feet up, they relax, they chill in August. And the same thing seems to be true in sports. As sports enthusiasts, as purists, you know this is the time of the year in that early August where we are starving, we are craving for certain things to happen. And last night it happened, Football is officially back, so this is the transition. We Mm -hmm. named it August because it's our job as the Ballhawk Sports Talk crew to get you out of that summer lull. We're going to pull you out of it and resuscitate you and get you ready for some fall ball, whatever it is that you like. Uh, If that didn't get you excited, just stay tuned because the Ballhawk Sports Talk... We're going to make sure we bring the heartbeat back to sports business entertainment. We got an amazing show, amazing show lined up for you. So make sure you stay tuned. Get you one of them big old tall cups of coffee. Pour some little whatever you want in that thing just so you can stay with us. No judgment.
1: No judgment.
0: It's August. It's August. You do what you do. It's Do
1: the damn thing.
0: Do the damn thing. I with no further ado, boys and girls, cats and rats, dogs and frogs, anything and everything, other species that you can imagine, pull up a seat, <laughs> turn up your headphones, and let's get the Ball Hog Sports Talk rocking.
1: Let's go. Let's. Let's go. Go. Let's go.
0: Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And stay woke, because this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown. ESQ, aka the ball hog, aka the mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're gonna give it to you rough, rugged, and raw, so come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt. And enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go. Once again, it's on. Once again, it's on. We stepped up to the microphone, and you know what we do? Go think along. Oh, I, I was about It's August, baby. I do, you know, it's a hot, hot summer song. You know I mean? Get your cardboard I, I get, get oh, your break
1: dancing going on.
0: You know what I mean? What's your favorite summer song, man? It's August. Right, for me, it's Will Smith summertime. I gotta get my own.
1: Of I say that's the only thing that he's good for. You can throw away the rest of his body at work, except for maybe the movie Ali. That was kind of decent. I,
0: I actually said the, the, those words, Will Smith. You know, he's persona nine. You can't even say Will Smith. Hey,
1: he might smack the shit out of you. You better shut up, talking. Keep your you mouth. You can't say my name, punk. get your name. I mean, my name you out you your mouth. Mouth. Uh, it's <laughs> August,
0: baby. You know what that means for sports enthusiasts. It's like they fall asleep. They sleep at the wheel. We got to wake them up. And, and who better to do that? From the midcoast, uh, we have in middle, middle coast. Thank you for the correction. From the middle coast, you know who it is. It's my man. None other than the man, the myth, the legend. Thou who shall be known and respected as intergalactically and beyond. If there is a beyond in this life and the afterlife, it is the big flow show
1: what's good america i mean it's august i mean i don't know what to say you know we got to be positive because we're yes. almost there right almost almost, we're almost there we're not we're not there we're almost there though almost like we, there baby you know what i'm saying like it's like i can see it you know like when you're driving and you can see it or you go yeah. downtown chicago yeah. you hit the traffic you're riding but then when you can see the sears tower you feel like man we okay all right i'm almost we, there. we're almost there that's, that's where we that's are with sports. That's where we are with sports. We look it over. Just, I like
0: that analogy. The right Sears there. Tower can you see football look, is right there.
1: It's right there. Right <laughs> it's there. Over there. It's I right over there. So I'm excited, you know, man. Baby boy turned 20. I, I got I lost a teenager now. I got a 20 year old. Happy you know. birthday
0: to the yeah. big flow show, the real big flow show.
1: Yeah, yeah. the, the next sorry. show, right? The next show. So he next show. We like he started here this first football practice last night. I'm over here over he My He might call somebody. I'm not gonna hear from but I'm hoping it's being 20. 20, man. I now. It, there's it a lot that comes it with being bills, 20, including having his own now. life. <laughs> he got things to do. So I'm just going to sit back and wait for it to become September because that's when it comes on, baby.
0: There are more songs I mean, about we- September because people are so excited to get into the fall and get rid of the all that chilling on a beach. You know, I got that, my balling on the beach. Everybody got their feet up on the beach right now, mm-hmm. right? People are, uh, there's way more songs about September. But for us, we get into it in August, and we do see the Sears Tower. That is the Tower of Sports mm-hmm. in the fall. When all of these things come together, and we get excited. We do see the Sears Tower right there. It's close. I can envision it. I can feel it. And I can do so because the Hall of Fame game was last night. Yeah. The Hall of Fame game was last night. And, yes, you know who won the Hall of Fame game? Yeah. The Browns. As the dog pound showed y'all what it's going to be all year. I know they were backups. Uh, I did like that that DRT or whatever, the the kid from UCLA. I mean, he played UCLA for 38 years. I think it's DRT, uh, whatever his name is, the quarterback who was at at UCLA forever.
1: Oh, is that who that was, the skinny black kid? Yeah, yeah. What 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 I like is when he, he gave the ball to your man's and then he threw that block. You said blocky block he threw, was a man. very good block. That's a. I want to make the, the team, team block. That's a that's 53-and-a-half that's like block right there. I, I can
0: relate with this football. I can't relate always with the, the September football. The August, the August football I can relate to because I was always 53-and-a-half. I was fighting to keep a job in them two training camps I was with. And then the third training camp, they almost sent me to Europe, and I was going to be fighting in two. So I can relate to these guys fighting to stay on the team. And it's good football, man. You find some diamonds in the roughs, mm-hmm. right? You find some diamonds in the rough. I think we saw a lot of that last night. The Cleveland Browns, the Browns, were victorious. And I think that is the beginning of our Super Bowl run. So you heard it here That's first. In the beginning of August, we are August what, 4th? We are August 4th. The fourth of August. How many days? Four of F-O-4. Four days in August. We only four days in August, and I'm telling you who's gonna win the Super Bowl. It's gonna look, which camera wheel?
1: <laughs> Light <laughs> me up, listen, up? mic me up. Hey,
0: it's, it's a, a, a hot mic. Out.
1: you know, it's a hot mic. I just want to make sure. It's a hot mic. It's I,
0: hot hot I want to make sure y'all get this. You heard it here. Only four, four days in the August. I'm sick of playing with y'all, man. We finally gonna win this thing. The Cleveland Browns got everything it takes. Our man Deshaun Watson got all that massage stuff behind him. We have the best. The best running back in football, Nick Chubb. We have pieces around. We got a great defense. We got a great coach. And I tell you, we have a great story because this is our time to win. So if you didn't believe me two days ago, after seeing us win the Hall of Fame game last night, open up what is now football season. Thank you very much. Y'all can send me send us the thank you cards. We the ones who opened up football season. We beat the Jets and everybody talking about. So I just want y'all to know we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Place your bets now. And just make sure you break me off. Next down. topic. You know what the odds are right now? The um, odds of put Cleveland, your money up See for Siri. What are the odds that Cleveland is going to win the Super Bowl? I bet the odds are crazy. Place I bet it's plus 1,500, probably. I don't know. I bet mean, you might you might want to place your bet. You might want to place your bet. Uh, like every year, we know what's gonna happen. No it's gonna serious. be people like Scott Bid. That's going to say stuff like, uh, how about them Cowboys? Uh, But you never heard me go this far out on the limb. So this is unique. My presentation comes with some authenticity, Uh, not just doing it because they do it like Cowboys fans. Uh, Welcome to the show, Scott Bibb, and welcome to the show, everybody else. I'll say this before we hop in to what we saw last night, and then we're going to get into some Hall of Fame discussion. I'll say this. Uh, like we say every week, humbly we ask you to like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anyone that you know, and please subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, don't cost you anything; maybe three seconds out of your life, and it will do a world of favor for us.
1: It's so plus please. three thousand. My bad, I was tripping. Plus three thousand. Plus three thousand. You might as well put your whole your whole thing in there, put the whole account, the up. whole pot. Yeah, <laughs> just push it in. Let me. All right, gonna, by the end of the show. I'm making my mind up. But, uh, I'm
0: putting some money on this. Browns go in win the Super Bowl plus three thousand. I told y'all. So when you make it, if, if you make the bet, and make the bread. Just break me off something. That's all I said. Uh, but it you, is. The you're of the, of the first to you think know.
1: of. Me. You are the first and only one who has said that.
0: Yes, yes. That's normally what plus three thousand odds look like. It's got to be somebody like. step out on their limb, and you heard it here first. The ball if plus
1: three thousand was a person. Plucked it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I will say this, man, because early in the preseason season, uh, the season before the season, you don't see some of the great, great names play. Like Aaron Rodgers ain't gonna play in that, right? So uh, mm-hmm. I do like that we get to see some of the kids really fighting, young men. That's when you know you, that. know you old. You call them the NFL guy kid the young men fighting for roster spots. Every mm-hmm. year, there's a story beyond just the HBO Hard Knocks. Every year there's a story and every camp there's a story. And so uh, tune in, y'all. Don't don't just write it off as, ah, that's just preseason. Because as the title of the show says, and as the last several weeks have suggested, we have been craving and starving for some football. So give the guys who are 53 and a half, like I was, right? One foot in, one foot out. At any point, you can get that call and be off the roster. Give them guys some support and watch some of this football. That's my PSA. Uh, what did you think about last night before we hop into the actual Hall of Fame itself? Because the inductees uh, got a chance to hang out last night. What did you think about the game?
1: Well, I watched the game, you know, attentively because uh, Cameron Mitchell, you know, from Northwestern's over there, good family friend. So we were excited to, to see him play, make, make his first PBU. So I tuned in for that. And I kind of wanted to see them come back and check it out. Um, I do like seeing some of the young guys you forget about that just show up and and uh, have the heart. But it was it was good, man. It got me excited. The fact that it was a decent game, you know, helps out. Right. So it was good. I, I'm I'm happy. Just happy to see them back out there.
0: Absolutely, man. I uh, shout out to his, what's his name,
1: Cameron Mitchell.
0: Cameron Mitchell. Shout out to Cameron Mitchell and all the other you know, names that might not be household names, but that are going to go out there and fight for a spot. Uh, the household names from last night are the 2023 inductees. No, no. And that list of Hall of Fame inductees for this year, Rondé Barber, uh, Joe Klecko, Dar- Darrell Revis, DeMarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Chuck Hawley, Ken Riley, Joe Thomas, and Don Correa. Uh, Joe Thomas Had a homecoming last night. A celebration, shall we say. It was homecoming and prom wrapped up in one as a 2023 Hall of Fame inductee. He got to be there amongst the people that had cheered for him loud and proud in Cleveland. And I just wanted to say, what a night. Cleveland victorious. They won 21-16. Joe Thomas being inducted. Man, I just as a Browns fan, I hope I'm not just you know too sappy about saying we're gonna win the Super Bowl in this moment, and I'm getting caught by the emotions and the feelings. Oh, Go play uh shit. of Yo, the Thomas
1: looked pretty good, huh? Say Yo, Thomas looked like he retired from the NBA, not not left tackle.
0: Yeah, yeah, but he's been looking good. He's been on TV. He's been yeah. on TV. He's been he doing looks
1: like TV. he was never big, though. You know what I mean? Like when you look he was at the on way- the
0: thi- he was on the thinner side, because he could he could play every position. I mean, you gonna get me? You gonna get me talking about my man's right now? But he could play Yo, any Thomas position on the line, which made him so versatile and so dominant. So as soon as he was eligible, I knew he would be a Hall of Fame inductee. Um, sure. Let's talk about some of the other names though from last night, because you got Zach Thomas,
1: Rebus who was a Island. very
0: small, undersized linebacker.
1: Uh,
0: Zach you have Revis, so and I think ha- we all knew because uh, Revis Island. I'm gonna go out on the limb and say I, I didn't. I thought the Revis was good. I thought he was good. But I never, I never, I think Darrell Rivas was helped by the media machine of New York.
1: I think when you look at it, it's kind of, you know, I never really looked at the stats. You see his, his he's constantly on Sports do highlights. You know, we had this discussion in basketball about like what makes a superstar. And, you know, the media does help. And, you know, Revis Island was sold well and he did very well. I will say his season see or his, his career seemed to just go from hot to just done out of the NFL in a real short period of time. Where people, you know, uh like your guy that you were so happy to to uh to congratulate that he's got a lifetime achievement award was Ronde Barber.
0: But Ronde but but Barber was the opposite of that. He wasn't he didn't just go from sugar to shit. Ronde Barber had a long career.
2: I know. What so you're saying I is like
0: he went from – you're saying Darrell Reeves went from on the top of his game to basically out of the league in no like time. a
1: season and a half.
0: Right. That Rondé Barber was the exact opposite. Rondé Barber had staying power longevity on every team he played. He had versatility playing both at the corner and the safety position. I think that's what got Rondé Barber in, to be honest with you. But I, I hear your what, point. Did he played, what
1: the teams around to pay for besides? I don't, you're gonna
0: give you going to get me to line know. stuff. I mean, I, I know he it, the Tampa Bay was his his most notable step. and but he played down there twenty years. I mean, Ronnie Barber had one of the the, the longest defensive back careers that I can recall, and he was he had able 40 to evolve in 25
1: sacks, game. which is which is oh, forty seven interceptions.
0: He's the only player ever to have that many sacks and that many interceptions.
1: Yeah. So I mean yeah, lifetime achievement. He'd been out there, he played 39 seasons. So I do believe in say he played 39, 39 seasons. seasons. So he averaged. He was
0: 137 years old when he hit that. Methusa
1: was his the uh, lunch lady <laughs> at, at his at his school. Um don't do that, Rodney sacros. Barber, man.
0: Rodney Barber had a great career.
1: Oh no! Rob Woodson had a thousand tackles in four. Yeah, he, he, I don't know. I just I, Ronnie Barber was good, but I just you know I look at that team and I say, okay, you have Warren Sapp, right? Hall of Famer. You had first, first uh, ballot Hall of Famer. for sure. Warren monster. Sapp. You, you, you thought he was a
0: monster. I, I, again, I when when Warren Sapp got in, I thought that was a media machine. But go ahead, really? I digress. First ballot, he was a very, very, very good defensive tackle. But my gosh, first ballot. That's like that first ballot to me should be reserved for the criminal, de la creme de la creme de la creme.
1: You know what? it is? This just shows your lack of knowledge of the game. So what happened is he's a three technique, one technique, and you feel like he didn't do the same things that defensive ends did. That's why you probably were thinking that because otherwise he's a monster. When you can get pressure, nobody gets pressure from the nose guard position. Like that's that's not your job. Either to stop the run, he right. played up the gut and was getting sacks all the time. Like that's. That's why you didn't realize because you're thinking about him and you're thinking about outside linebackers and rushing the quarterback, whatever. Well, he's done. No, so
0: I'm thinking in his position, he was a very dominant player, and I also still think the two statements aren't mutually exclusive. That the first ballot designation should mm-hmm. be reserved for the crème de la crème de la crème de la crème, and it shouldn't be political. It should be so obvious that it's obvious. Now, for you, you might think it it was obvious. I I, I was always a little bit. Um, no, I don't see why about he, Warren Sapp's, the credit that people gave Warren Sapp. But I, I, I don't I, see
1: why Warren Sapp was the first ballot and By, B-Y wasn't. So I could go there. To me, they were very similar players. You um, think
0: Warren Sapp was a better player than By? I, I would say B-Y is a better player than Warren Sapp, but Warren Sapp have the media machine behind him, such that most average fans think that Warren Sapp was a better defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman. I don't think Brian he's a better B-Lineman D- than And B-Y. I don't know if you will you – will, Meet a single offensive lineman that would make that statement. So the media machine helped Warren Sapp. You're you're helping my point here.
1: No, I agree.
0: Oh, okay. All right, I thought I don't
1: what's I don't think he was better than BY, but that doesn't mean that I, I don't think BY should have had to wait, is my point. I think BY should have came in right away. But you're right, but you know, Warren Sapp, he got into it. Brett Favre. You know, he did he did some stuff. Sometimes you gotta watch is entertainment business. Right. It is entertaining, business. So he entertained more than BY did, and that's the reason why people didn't know you had to be an enthusiast. But I digress. I look at so what I was talking about. Ronde, is you have Lynch, there was a Hall of Fame. You have right. uh Brooks, Derek Brooks, Hall yep. of Fame, say defense, whatever. So now you're telling me you have four Hall of Famers on the defense, and y'all only won one Super Bowl. At some point, we get him maybe it was easier for him to play corner because Warren Sapp was rushing the uh the uh the passer so well and then they couldn't go underneath because Derrick Brooks was there, and then they were scared to go across the middle because uh, Lynch was going to hit you in your mouth, and then Rondé had it easy. All he had to do was cover from the the out. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean. I don't know, man. At some point, you got to tell me. Maybe they have seven Hall of Famers. Who else is a Hall of Famer on that defense? (laughs) You can only have so many people out there and tell me you only won one Super Bowl.
0: Rondé Barber was good, bro. Let's see. This is how many years he played. 1997 86. to 2012. What's that? 15 years? Quick uh, math. That's a long time. That's a long time, bro. Oh. At a position that people normally have a steep drop-off. A la Darrell Rivas. I thought Darrell Rivas being first battle Hall of Famer. Too much. Is a bit much. And then I started like digging into it a little bit more and and like there are arguments that the real is arguably the best like I, over the last week i've started to dig into this because it's august so ain't a whole bunch of games on not that much to do ain't, mm-hmm. not, ain't that much to do and i'm i'm really seeing like pundits come out and say that the real is arguably the one of the best cover corners ever in the nba I, i'm in the, in the nfl that's just, I, I, I think that's a media machine. That's propaganda, bro. That's like, no, you can't tell me that. And a lot of the arguments, the evidence used for, for, for from these pundits is his performances, big performances against primetime receivers like Randy Moss. I think he held Randy Moss to under 40 yards twice. Um, but... Even that I started digging a few more layers. There's a there's a lot to that, right? Because one of those is when he had the, the a quarterback that wasn't a quarterback. So I don't know, man. I, I and okay, I, so I don't here's really the thing like this. Like, like, maybe that's why.
1: Was maybe. was let me compare it. Was there ever a time where you thought Ronde Barber was the best in the game ever a season? The best player.
0: Most reliable, not best.
1: Never you, in the see in the game, most, you thought that most, there was a time when you said, "Man, Rondé Barber is the best, the most best player reliable." Musician.
0: No, I would say most reliable, best. When as the, we discussed, you,
1: you just made that up. First of all, I did just, not. I, I'm, most I'm, reliable.
0: Let, let me explain. Most Please. reliable in terms of he's going to do his job. He's not going to pop up off the charts and do anything extraordinary, but he's going to do his job. Now they ran Tampa two defense, so that's why I'm saying most reliable because Tampa two defense. The, you're not going to get as many interceptions, right? It's just a defense based on, you know, bend but don't break. It's a different defense. They ran a very different defense. Physical. So I'm, I went with most reliable because I do think in terms of what he was asked to do, Rondé Barber was phenomenal in what he was I'm asked just going to
1: gonna call – just, I mean, because, you know saying, we're brothers. I'm calling bullshit. There was never a time you were in a conversation and someone said, "Who's man, who's the most reliable? D-? First of all, that never happened. No one ever asked you who's the most reliable DB in the NBA. NFL. That's
0: because we don't discuss it that way. But that well, I'm saying average Which fan is doesn't am it that you, way. There was never we a point where you sat
1: down, because of- we're comparing Revis and we're comparing Rondé. There was never a time where you are saying, when, when he was in the NFL for 15 years, not one of those years when someone asked you, Who's the best? Did he even come in your mind? Rondé Barber? Yeah.
0: Fair. But I'm telling you the reason So when I'm saying is, Darrell
1: Revis, Darrell Revis had 95 uh, PBUs in five years, which is the most by any player in the history of the NFL, right?
0: Playing a very different defense,
1: but yes. Playing a different defense. But what I'm saying is Darrell Revis, for those five years, was considered the best in the game. That's first ballot shit.
0: I, I know. What I'm saying to you is you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. He was considered the best in the game, in my opinion, okay. largely because of a media machine that really wanted this No, it's because he Rivas had 95 Island. PBUs
1: in five years.
0: Cool. And, and I could then point to you because I said most reliable. I can then point to you that if you're running a different defense, you're not getting PBUs in a Tampa 2 defense. You're just mm-hmm. not because when they throw there, it's normally an interception.
2: Yeah.
0: Ronnie Barber only had one year in that entire time of his career where he had double-digit interceptions. And it was a phenomenal year. Girl Revis was always knocking on the door of double-digit interceptions during that five-year span. Shout out to him. But I think that if you look at the game in a different light and understand that two very different defensive styles present different statistical outputs, that's all I'm saying. I say he's most reliable because he did a damn good job. And then, oh, by the way, when most cornerbacks are out of the league because they're not fast enough, to stay with the Randy Mosses of the world, he seamlessly transitioned into one of the best safeties in the game. Mm -hmm. That's Hall of Fame stuff to me. And and not influenced by the media. That's all I'm saying with Revis Island. I just think that playing in New York while they were struggling, right, and under coaches that were high-profile names, I just feel like the media helped Revis Island become this thing. So much so that it was propaganda. I could be wrong. Because Devin Hester, right? Now let's talk about the guys who didn't make it in. Let's Devin Hester is undeniably the best return man that ever played the game. That's yeah. a first ballot hall of fame. And he didn't make it in.
1: This stingy was so special to him, stingy. I think last the year they got a kicker or a punter, somebody got in there.
0: Would you call Darrell Reeves the best ever to play the game at corner?
1: I'd say – so let me start off by saying no. But I would say that the conversation, he deserves to be discussed.
0: Oh, I want to throw it.
1: We're I diluting don't he, the game. Hmm? We're
0: diluting the game by doing that, man. Because we let media impact – now, did he have one of the best stories? Did he have one of the best runs in terms of media coverage? Did he have one of the best nicknames, Darrell, the, the uh Revis Island?
1: Yes. Rondé Did Barber. he
0: have some of the best performances in big time moments against some of the best receivers? I'll give him that as well. Say yes. But to the, to me that is that that's that's a very narrow way to look at the game. Like it's undeniable that the Devin Hester is the best ever retirement to play this game. Undeniable. And yet he didn't make first battle hall of
1: fame going to go back on your boy ronde who i'm picking on a little bit 15 years 47 picks so he averages three picks a season
0: he i said that he only had one year of double digit so that makes
1: it even worse so you take one year out so you take 10 so now you have 14 years and 30 37
0: i dare you to look at tackles he always was uh, one of the leading defensive backs and tackles again that's why i said most reliable bro it's not it, it, it wasn't a shiny red lamborghini it was a the honda most accord
1: he's the most okay he was good most enough okay. to make... He... <laughs> <He's> <laughs> that, that, I, most... I
0: don't i don't say that's not the most okayist.
1: That's the most not, He yeah ok it was a, seasons it was a honda he had 15 it a ok you got to give him the life this is a lifetime achievement i if you, we chalk it up as a lifetime Damn achievement man. i there. 15 I, years I in call that a football he's player. in the hall of fame for lasting 15 years in a position that, that requires cat like reflexes and i'll give him credit for that but he was not a high performing guy in those 15 years he was a just eight. okay
0: what well, his peers
1: disagree with Rivas you Island. because he
0: was a perennial Fifth, he was five a perennial.
1: years nobody can mess with him for five years well his peers disagree with you because he was a perennial
0: pro bowler so he's making it the pro bowls so something's happening without the interceptions he's still going to pro bowls so if I mean, if if that's the case Why?
1: Five, five. So, so five Pro Bowls in fifteen years. Pretty decent. That's not perennial.
0: That's five five Pro Bowls. What are you talking about?
1: Five and fifteen years.
0: You just gave me this five. Reeves Island was
1: the best for five years. The best.
0: Man, Um, I ain't mess with you, man. All Pro. What you're saying though is. Yeah, Almost. look, yeah,
1: read them out. Read them out, chance. That's his yeah. twin brother. My fault. They were giving now. They started to – you know you should be in there when they start giving some of your, your twin brother stats in your bio.
0: <laughs> that's just a sloppy reporter. Uh
1: who else did 3 make team it? for a team pro. So Zach Thomas, I liked him. I always like the I always like the short linebacker. Zach Thomas
0: made it. He made it. I, 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 like I mean that. that that to me. So to be fair, I think that's one of those those inductees that is media driven. <laughs>
1: Oh, you didn't like Zach Thomas?
0: I like Zach Thomas, and he had a run, but I think it's one of the linebackers that could have made it in
1: first. Tenth year, um, of eligibility, he finally got in. Uh, Almost twelve hundred tackles. Third most in league history behind London Fletcher, Ray Lewis.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like Zach Thomas. I'm just saying. I That's Hall of, of Fame shit. You know
1: what I mean? You don't wait 11 years and only two guys have more tackles than you. It's pretty good. Don't you think? I mean, isn't is your job to tackle. Rondé's not – he doesn't have the most interceptions after 15 years.
0: I bet if you win tackles for – in terms of the overall number of tackles for defensive backs, he's going to be – up or corners at least. He's going to be up there. Um, who else didn't make it in? Reg, Reggie Wayne didn't make it in. Uh, Steve Smith, at receiver, didn't make it
1: I, in. I'm more upset about Steve Smith than Reggie Wayne. Reggie Ray was never the best receiver on his team. Dwight
0: Freeney didn't make it in.
1: See, Carl Mecklenburg, I know he didn't make it in. You guys don't know him, man. He was a monster defensive lineman, boy. He he could go. He was. He could go.
0: I think his longevity, he he had a shorter career. Roger Craig didn't make it in. Devin Hester is the big name for me that didn't make it in. Uh, Bill Bates is safety. Leslie O'Neill. these are some of the big snubs that they talked about. For the uh, legends, Al Baker at DN, Torrey Holt at wide receiver. Man, it's hard to make it in a wide receiver, Jack. Think of the names we just mentioned that did not make Collins it in.
1: Ward didn't make it Steve Smith, end, but...
0: Reggie Wayne. Now you got Torrey Holt. It's hard to make it in a wide receiver, Jack.
1: Is the other receiver in the whole thing? Uh, uh,
0: you talking about uh, Marvin Harrison?
1: No, no, the one with Holt. Holt who was Holt's partner?
0: Holt's partner was Isaac Bruce. He just made it in, I think, last year.
1: He wasn't I mean, in last year. I
0: think Isaac Bruce made it in. He I, think gets, I think it gets I think it gets hard. He a lot of
1: I think it gets hard when like when you're someone on your team makes it at your same position. Now it's like, man, you weren't yeah. even the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Although I Isaac Bruce mentioned. and Tori Holt were were a pick'em to me. So yeah.
0: yeah. Uh interesting though, man. So that was the Hall of Fame game. Uh great game. We got to see this year's inductees. What I like about the Hall of Fame is we will always argue about who should have made it and who should, should not. Uh, but first ballot, to me, should not be politically influenced. I still think that that's criminal that T.O. was not a first ballot Hall of Fame. Criminal. And the only way that Randy Moss was is because he had then been able to navigate his way on the right side of the media. The boy's smart. And to my point, the Darrell Revis thing, Revis Island, and the media machine that was behind him, it, it, it supports the theory that i'm trying to make uh but i digress shout out to all the gentlemen and their families that were inducted uh, or will be inducted uh they are honored last night at the hall of fame game shout out to all of the football enthusiasts baby although it's august and we still trying to wait for it to come full bloom we got our first taste of it last night baby and it tasted good man I was like Pookie on New Jack. It just be calling me. We finally got a hit us on football last night. And the fact that it was the Browns, the fact that it was in Ohio, the fact that we went and got a dub, our first dub, man. I went, I went to bed high as a kite off football. You know
1: that they don't count that towards the record though, right? I don't give a damn.
0: I count it. I went to bed high as a kite off football, baby. I got my hit of football last night. And the good
1: thing is you don't have to stop eating until February. It's fantastic
0: yeah we just now just keeps going keep going eat 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 let's go what's next all this football um there is some other stuff that went on this week uh terrence crawford versus errol spence fight it was a very one-sided fight um it was so one-sided that the errol spence memes comparing him to martin in that one episode when oh, he got that lump I face. Oh, I know
1: just what you're talking about. Oh, oh man. So, oh, so
0: fight aside. So the fight was very underwhelming. Very one-sided. Uh, the best part about the fight is that Terrence Bud Crawford came out to Eminem. He came out to Eminem, man, lose yourself. And it was the actual Eminem who we haven't seen. We haven't spotted Eminem in a while. And and it was, it was you know... I I I loved it, man. From that moment, I loved it, and then the gloves. I, I came don't think he paid the and, full. And Errol Spence got the bone beat out of his face. Uh, it Did is you see it is.
1: That, that walkout? I don't think he paid Eminem the full the full per diem because he just announced it and just didn't even want to come out. I thought Eminem was he he was on a contract he didn't agree with because he didn't even rap the words coming out. It kind of came in. I thought. I thought, I thought he messed that up, and Crawford was going to be Yeah, destroyed. I didn't
0: know it was him. I thought it was a, a, a stand-in or something at first, and they got close. like, that's the real Eminem. Why ain't he rapping the songs? I thought that's the, song. the, the gist in of come in. I feel like Crawford
1: was too worried about it. He kept being like, looking back, I saw Crawford's about to get whooped. He worried about the his damn intro Man, he's not worried about nothing. He wasn't worried about nothing, man. It was a beautiful
0: exhibition of
1: gloves. I'm so glad you What up, Chew, jar.
0: Chew, I should have had you on today. Chu, if you available, let me know, man. I'm gonna shoot you the link. You get on show right now.
1: So I want to know why game. you were so wrong. He was at the fight.
0: He was at the fight. Chu,
1: Chu, go to the fight. Now, and man, he I'll flips the coin. The if there's a foreign flip he'll flip the coin. He's in there. He gets pictures with the fighters. I'm so happy that I forgot to text Chu and get his his take. Normally on Saturday, Chu gives me his little his little uh, makes my night exciting. With the fights and stuff, by giving me little bets to go get after, and uh, we've been we've been losing a little bit though. We on a little bit of a streak, so I think we about to turn it around. And I forgot, and I said, like, "Man, he's at the fight. I'm not like gonna mess with him." Put all my True money. True, food
0: Jordan. You said Errol Spence was gonna win, and what Errol did Spence too. did is he said, "Hold my beer." He went out there and took his face for how how many rounds did it, make? Did it, it would go? Eight or nine rounds? I don't even know. A lot. It, it, I think it went nine. Um, it went nine rounds. Uh, and what looked like he was, what he was trying to do is he was trying to take his face and test the leather on Crawford's gloves. And he got the bone beat out of his face. Uh, and unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, fight fans who spent a whole bunch of money, not just the money, man, you know how long we waited for that fight? We waited for that fight for a long time, man. A long time. We unfortunately got the short end of the stick. Did you go to a fight party last Saturday
1: to watch the fight? I went to a party and then the the, the fight broke out. (laughs) We would have got the fight at a graduation party. So it was interesting. I I really, you know, I equate it to football. Spence couldn't stop the run when the jab just keeps getting through and being that effective, if you can't stop the run, it's over. I mean, and then he was knocking him off of his feet with the, it looked like they were three different weight classes apart. The way he was hitting them and his body couldn't react because he was trying. (laughs) He was trying, but he just was. (sighs) Bobbing and weaving. You should have been weaving and bobbing.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, you Ooh. see what we have on the screen. We got special One wins. of our amazing, amazing audience members, our supporters who watch it all the time, Shelton Chufu-Jordan, he admitted that he's never been so wrong about a fight. <laughs> and most people would just admit it and disappear. But no, 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 not here at the Ball Hall Sports Talk. Not in August when we thirsty for some sports. When somebody says they've never been so wrong about a fight in my life, the Ball Hall Sports Talk. We welcome them to the front of the congregation. True food, Jordan. What
2: up, up, dog? What up, what up, fellas? What up? What up? What's man, up, you man?
1: Know it is, you we know. saw you out there live and in color. I saw you out there uh, representing. Trying to show Man, that I've,
2: I've never been so wrong before. I saw going into the fight for, for the last five years. I've been telling anybody that wanted to listen, all the Bud fans, if and when they fight, I want all your money. I want all the smoke. Errol Spence got the pedigree. So, like I always tell people, my uncle and I have been talking boxing. My first fight I ever watched was Tommy Hearns and Haggard, and I, I fell in love with fights. Um, that's my a uncle and I—that's a good first for fight, sure. That's, that's like the my best first, fight I've ever like seen. I lost my virginity. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> man, that's exactly, exactly. So, um, but my uncle, who's been—you know—he's been watching fights since Sugar Ray Robinson. And we would always talk. And he always said that Olympic pedigree makes a difference. So Errol Spence had the Olympic pedigree. So I I was like, you know, I just thought he was going to be a little bit too big for Bud. I thought he was, you know, going to walk him down. And, you know, the pressure would have been too much for him. But obviously I was wrong. Uh, Bud proved that his dynamic, dynamic um, stress. Yeah, and attributes. attributes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. He he had he smaller to me. Crawford looked like his back was bigger in the fight. I was surprised when I saw him in there. He looked bigger. Now
2: now I will say, I will say, and this is no excuse for Errol. I thought he was dehydrated. I thought he he looked dehydrated when he first showed when they first showed him on the screen. Like his eyes, I, I told the guy sitting next to me, I was like, man, either he's high, which I don't think he's high. Or he's really dehydrated. I heard he didn't that look several you,
0: And, and I'll back you up to say it was an excuse. I heard that from a lot of people. say something just don't look right with him. This is before the fight starts. So something just don't look yeah. right with him. And people that yeah. watch fighting often, I'm, I'm, like, you have a certain look about you, and you think that it was a dehydrated look.
2: I think he was dehydrated when I watched the welcome uh, party on Tuesday. You know, you can tell they they start cutting weight. Probably Monday or Tuesday, and you could tell like he was a little. He started looking a little thin then, and and as the week went on, it, it 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 was it started looking worse and worse. There's no excuse. He got in there, he got his butt whipped, and you know it is what it is. But luckily for me, man, everybody that I talked to the last five years that said, "Oh, when the fight happens, I want all the smoke." I called them right before I walked in the building, and all of them said. Nah, man, I'm gonna just watch the fight. So, luckily, I saved myself probably two, three thousand dollars. Well, ain't bad. All right, So,
0: because you you're our resident boxing and even MMA expert, I'm gonna ask MMA. you two questions. The first one is this, um, and you know, we in the ball, Hall sports talk, and we only do it one way, rough, rugged, and raw. So, so, answer it straight to the point why did it take so long for this fight to happen?
2: Um, it's, that's boxing, man, boxing. So boxing's train of thought is instead of while we're both young and in our prime, let's build the fight. And I think it started with, with, I mean, I guess you could go back to saying it may have started with Tyson because Tyson and and Holyfield should have fought in the early nineties. and didn't. Instead of fighting Holyfield, he fought Buster Douglas and lost. Uh, but I think once Mayweather came back as money Mayweather, then it really changed. So Mayweather was, you know, the dominant figure, and he figured, I'll fight these guys when I want to fight them. I'll build these fights, especially the Pacquiao fight. I'll build it for the next five to six years. And then by the time they eventually fought, I mean, they were both almost 40, and that's the fight we got. Um, So I think most fighters are still trying to do that when the one thing about the UFC, man, is they don't allow that the best are going to fight the best every time. Like, you're not going to have these tune-up fights and all that. So whoever you're going to fight next, that's going to be probably one of the toughest fights of your life. Whereas in boxing, and you're just starting to see a little more of, um, I, I guess it's guys that think they can beat each other, you know, going, going ahead and fighting while they're younger, uh, instead of waiting five, six years to let the, 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 the uh, public say, Uh, you know, we gotta have this fight. And then, and and even look at this last fight, like they built it for five years and still only sold 650,000, uh, pay-per-views, you know, whereas they were under the impression that they were going to sell roughly 2 million
1: pay-per-views.
2: So that just tells you a lot of people are streaming these fights, no matter what, no matter how long you wait. Um, and if you're, if you're both in your prime, you're both young, that's the fight people want to see. Why not give it to them? Because these two guys realistically this should have been the third time they're fighting they should have fought probably five years ago and then maybe fought like in 2020 or 21 and then this should have been the third time they're fighting whereas this is the first fight we're getting and then if if they do fight again in december i mean we already saw this fight who's really going to want to pay 80 bucks again to watch what they saw this time at least that's you know that's what the public's thinking like now what can comes do back different?
1: and somehow makes a change and the third one is going to have too many pay-per-views but right now if this fight happens and spence loses again and this happens years ago it derails his whole career so that's well, that, was go, that was that was going to be
0: my second question you. you got a, you got the automatic but that's
1: rematch not true clause.
0: you got the automatic rematch clause that's in there and we saw what happened in the first fight it was very one-sided Adjustments can be made, training differences. Uh, so I'm not saying Errol Spence is not a fluke. His record was a real record. He just mm-hmm. was not the better man on that night. Automatic Absolute. rematch clause is in there. Um, just as a, a fight purist and enthusiast, would you watch the rematch? A hey, and then sort of you know sub sub part of the question because um, you were about to answer. You said that's not true. What 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 does this do for his career? Because the way that the, the business is, the build up and the scarcity of these fights is because it seems as though if you lose one of these in a lopsided fashion, your career is over. Where that's not the same for MMA, UFC. So what is this? The, the rematch clause in there? Would you would you watch this fight again? And then let's be honest, what does this do for Earl Spence's career?
2: I'll watch it again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to the fight again, but I would definitely <laughs> watch it on TV again. Um, and just to touch on on um, on whose point, Sugar Ray, Ray Leonard lost to Duran. It didn't, you know, devastate his career. He came back and he had a couple other losses, and he was still the biggest name out there during that time. They didn't die, little guys. Right
1: then, they didn't right yeah. then. It was a different exactly. era,
2: but if arrow yeah, were to if arrow were to come back and win the next fight, then that doesn't devastate his career. The, the first loss, you know, if he were to win the second fight, he'd be right back where he was. Uh, if he loses the second fight, absolutely yes, uh, you, he could pretty much retire so we're, at we're, that we're point. We're
1: in a perfection stage right now. LeBron will never be considered as good as Jordan because he didn't go six and zero in the championships, and they want to see uh, Money Mayweather's, you know, undefeated. We are we are we have an expectation back in the 70s and the 80s when we just wanted to see purists and competition and war. You know, people went out there and they fought and they did what they had to go do. Um, now, we, if if you're not 50 you know, and 0 and 60-0, you're not good. You're not. That's just we're just in, in, in that kind of a environment. I like the way MMA does it because you have a contract with with uh, with um, the UFC. UFC. You don't. It's not like you're just a freelancer. You work for me. And I give you the fights, and here's the contract. And obviously, they have some sort of choice in some of the things, but not not total choice. You can't dodge anybody. But that's why their product is so good, and that's why they're yeah, winning. You, that's why. You,
0: they... you like it as a fan, as a spectator. I like it
1: as a fan, but because... as a fighter, you wouldn't like that business. No, model. no, no, no. They're no, not no, getting no, paid. No. But I'm saying, as the public, it's like the reason why UFC has grown so much and does whatever is because they looked at what was wrong with boxing and they changed it. They said, "All right, now, granted, should they be getting the guys a little bit more money? Yeah, but." The UFC still, it's a league. They control they control their product. Boxing is just all over the place, and they got everyone. You know, the three of us can start off a, a boxing federation tomorrow and put a belt out there and just get commissioned, and we're ready to go. There's all these different belts. and No one really quite understands what belt is which because no one really belongs. They belong to everything. So, you can dodge and do whatever, and everyone can build these careers up. You got this guy that's 40 and 0, this guy that's 50 and 0, and 30 and 0, and 20 and 0. And they, they're like, I got to build my brand up so I can get more from my fights. I just, I you know, I think if we did it the way that, that, that they did in the past and it was a league, you could survive losses because everybody would have them. Right?
0: So, I, I, I'll say I disagree. I like the way boxing does it from the boxer standpoint. I make it, to me, it's akin to the era that we grew up in under. Um, college football all three of us the era that we played college football in that old school era where we basically we were we were the UFC fighters we belonged to this thing that was college football and once you went to a school to just transfer was detrimental to your career you had to sit a year out we couldn't make money I I then make the same analogy that boxing is like this this generation's version of college football where you could easily transfer, right? You can make NIL money. You can build your brand before you get there. And now they got to pay you just to get there. So as a boxer, from the boxer point of view or the fighter point of view, I I would disagree. You're going to break the tie. I I mean, we're looking at it from two different um, points of view. I think you're saying it more from a spectator standpoint, Flo, and I'm saying it from the fighter standpoint. Uh, Chufu, you were the expert. Uh, you're the resident expert. We'll give you last word on it before we let you go for the day, man. In terms of the structure, business structure, which one do you prefer?
2: Well, I think there's a misconception on the the, the, the UFC gets a lot of flack because people say, oh, they don't pay their fighters. If you look at uh, Crawford and Spence before this fight, a lot of people don't know the biggest paydays they had ever had was right at $2 million. Now they both made twenty five million for this fight, but the biggest paydays they had ever had before this fight was two million each. All right, the UFC they pay their champions, the champions, and even if you're a former champion, uh, this this past weekend, um, Alex Pereira who beat uh, Israel Adesanya, he made one point five million as a contender. He, he's no longer champion. Yes, the bottom-of-the-barrel guys don't make money, but that's the same way in boxing. If you're not an Olympic pedigree guy, you're not going to come in making $100,000, $200,000. You're going to come in making $30,000, 30, $40,000. Same with the US UFC pays their guys. It's just a structure that, that a lot of people don't talk about in boxing. Um, the one thing about boxing, like I said, when they – wait four or five years yes they will eventually get paid 25 million each but uh had they had that fight earlier who knows they probably would have had 25 million the second fight they probably would have had 25 or more the third fight um so i think the ufc structure because the what i love about the ufc of course is the best are going to fight the best and and i don't have to wait four or five years for that to happen uh, I know Fair. the next the next card is going to give me the fight I want to see.
0: Fair, uh, true food, Jordan man. A, a, let me just say thank you for always supporting the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. Uh, B, thank you for coming on today. And C, uh, next time a fight, whether it be UFC or boxing, we're going to get your prediction. I think I might have lost some. We gonna get your prediction before the fight, man, and we are gonna make that wager. I ain't gonna let you get off that money, bro.
1: Hey, and if
2: I'm you're not am
1: area, go look up Chew.
2: I'm not always right, but I We hit a few every now and then. We
1: get a few. We get a few. We we'll go. I'm looking forward to what we get this weekend because I absolutely. Truth
2: we
0: joy, man. My, my classmate. Appreciate you, my brother. Thanks for coming on.
2: For uh, sure, I love y'all, brothers. I love much you, love, guys. bro. Uh
0: Impromptu. That's how you know know, he really knows what he's talking about. You know, he know he's doing that, man. We just, uh, but uh, a great fight. Um, The business side of it, we can go back and forth on which is the better business. To me, scarcity matters, right? I'm, I'm a, I'm a, an event promoter. I don't want to be a, a, and I say an an event promoter. I don't want to be a party promoter. Party promoters are throwing parties every week i want some scarcity to it when i do my event i want you to know if you don't come to this event get this experience that you ain't gonna get it next week mm-hmm. and so i kind of like boxing man i just they, they got to tighten it up
1: and do it a little better but um, i do it the highest levels i like it but you know the the, the the i guess the the biggest difference is when you try to compare it is when i say boxing and ufc I, and i grew up boxing fan a huge boxing fan when i when uh all the way through my youth get until i get married and then it started to kind of decline As the heavyweight started to dwindle so did i right but there was a huge you know you know obviously in the 80s and 90s or whatever but then when de la hoya was hot and tito trinidad was hot and um and uh sugar shane mosley were hot like that was a great era for boxing i really loved it and i watched a lot of it but if i'm being fair you know i watch boxing i'm watching the, the 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 fight the other the undercards i'm not paying any attention to those if I watch UFC, I'm cutting it on from the first undercard all the way through. So it's a fair. better product when you can tell me how is the mediocre stuff. You know what I mean? Fair, fair, fair. So, You're not going to hear me argue that, man.
0: Um, UFC definitely has something there in terms of drawing in the fans. And all you got to do is look at the numbers. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. The numbers are crazy. It's astronomical just how they built their fan base. Breaking uh, Breaking news. Breaking news. And we love to do breaking news on the BallHawg Sports Talk. The breaking news literally just went across the wire that Oregon and Washington's, what seemed to be imminent move from Pac-12 to Big Ten, the rumors that have built over the last 24 hours, breaking news says that has lost momentum overnight. And that breaking news, while you heard it here on the Ball Hawk Sports Talk, brings us to conference realignment. Because this imminent shift from Pac-12 to Big Ten is now lost momentum overnight, but I think it captures really the essence of just this roller coaster that is conference realignment. Mm Mm-hmm. While they're saying it's breaking news, I thought it was breaking news that they were even considering leaving. But now, 24 hours later, the breaking news is that that has lost momentum overnight. And if you see who's on first, who's on second, we don't know where these teams are going to be. And I, 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 I look, just like the players are moving around now, the teams' entire athletic departments are shifting conferences like it's musical chairs. Is this good for college sports?
1: I'm confused. To be honest with you, and I'm, and when I say that, I uh, mean too. Join the we're, crowd. We all confused. At this we're point. moving. We're moving towards a larger playoff, right? Right. So, with all this consolidation that's going on in the conferences, if the Big Ten and I'm trying to take off my bias because obviously I'd love to see Northwestern play all these teams that we never played. That would be fantastic. But if I take that hat off and I just put the fan hat on, right? I look at it and say, why would you want to have? two conferences, three conferences, and then the playoffs are as big as they are, wouldn't you rather be, like, if I'm in the Pac-12 right now or whatever, the Pac-9 or Pac-8 and a half or whatever they are left, I mean, until further notice, they're going to get a seat at the table as far as this playoff is concerned. So why are you rushing to get out of it to join the Big Ten where you're going to have to play everybody and you could be a conference playoff or a, a, a NCAA playoff team, whatever they call it now, um, but but you had to play USC, Michigan, Northwestern, Ohio State. See what I did there? And Penn State, I all like in that. the same. Michigan, all in the same season, in the regular season. Shit! By the time you get to the uh, the playoffs, it's already been. It's been told. Your story's been told already. Fair. You've fair. So fair. I don't understand that part of it, and I don't. I don't really see the benefit of making two conferences. I, like but I thing. think
0: it's because you're saying the conference we're expanding what the playoffs look like and let's like the the elephant in the room is this the cat is out of the bag y'all we've known it from a revenue generation standpoint forever is that the revenue generating sports football and basketball and some campuses maybe women's basketball that that actually generate revenue on the college campus we knew already that they are essentially paying for all the other sports on campus that was already clear from a business standpoint What we're seeing now in this conference realignment thing is you're taking an entire athletic department going from one conference to another. And as expanding this conference, excuse me, expanding this college playoffs and the football sense is telling us in conjunction with this conference realignment is that if the playoffs expand, the conference championship technically doesn't matter. At least doesn't matter as much. And because these conferences, these excuse me, these institutions are willing to change conferences so readily, what I'm reading from it is people are saying it's only about college football. Because in any sport, your daughter's a volleyball player, it used to be a big deal to win the Pac-12 in volleyball to any of the Pac-12 schools. Mm Mm-hmm. But if we're going to drop from Pac-12 to Big Ten to Big 12, all within four years, we're, we're saying these other sports that attach so much meaning and value to these conference championships are definitely on the low end of the totem pole. Am I reading too much into that? Like it, it I would argue that the conference realignment is a byproduct of the fact that college football playoffs is expanding. And so it's not as important to win your conference. But in saying that, you gotta remember all the other sports programs at each one of these institutions that are swept into this conference realignment, where conference championships are like the the, the pinnacle of what you're trying to get accomplished in that sport.
1: Yeah, I think if you're right. I mean, it used to be, you know, you had there was levels to this, right? You want to win the conference, you wanted to win this. And then you go and win a national championship at the end. Now it's football, national championship, or bus. But then there's the revenue side. I can't, we can't ignore, right? There's revenue, and I think the reason why this Washington Oregon thing here is it's, it's diluting the revenue. And why do they want to leave if they're not going to get the their their full share? They're going to have to wait six years to be the little brother. That would bother me. I would have a hard time with that. Um, better off trying to build your own. But you're right. Football is driving the ship. There's no consideration for any of the other sports and how horrible there's going to be some sports. I mean, think about the sports that play midweek. Like, right now, UCLA is going to have to play Rutgers in baseball on a Tuesday, and they're going to have to fly out there on a Tuesday and come back Wednesday. That's trash. That's there, terrible.
0: That's the other part of it. You know? there, there used to be, and when Notre Dame was really, really considering going into a conference, right, the big 10 was discussed ACC was discussed mm-hmm. and I, I'm not one of those people. I love my school. I'm a Homer with a lot of things, but I don't have on, on rosy glasses such that I don't think that Notre Dame is moved by money too. So let me say that yep. and put a hard stop period exclamation point there, but then I'll make the next statement and say the conversation was largely driven by academics.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. None of these conversations are driven by academics right now. And so how do we expect the student athlete to even acknowledge the obligation to go to class? It's just, I think these institutions are are, are really opening a can of worms that is it, going to have long lasting ripple effects on what college sports look like and what these athletes and how these athletes approach being a student athlete on a college campus. Mm-hmm. So that that was an old man view of it i i recognize that sometimes i do old man stuff that was an old man view of it man but man it feels as though this is something impure about this mm-hmm. right that they're moving so quick so fast uh fsu has been talking about their willingness to lead the acc bubba cunningham who's uh started his career in administration actually went to notre dame notre dame man athletic director at unc the Hills now in chapel hill says uh he came out and he basically spoke pretty loud and proud about how dangerous dangerous it is for fsu to be barking about his willingness to lo- to leave the acc and 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 but fsu is just the latest example of what this has become man this thing is definitely feeling like a whole bunch of of, of power brokering That um is largely, if not exclusively, driven by money.
1: It is now we got Tom Herzog again, one of our loyal listeners and contributors. Um shout out to him last week for uh actually contributing with our uh the title of our show. So I'd give him a shout out for that.
0: Oh yeah, thanks, Tom. Appreciate (laughs) you, brother.
1: Appreciate it. Love when you guys for those of you who do send me texts during the week about the show, i just love to hear that you guys are thinking about what we're going to do. So I'll put that out there. I don't want to get flooded now because, you know, I can't think about everything. But I do like the fact that people think about what we do for our show. But he, he mentioned before long the government might step in. I always laugh. Like when baseball, when Congress got involved in baseball and they had Sammy Sosa and, yeah. and, and all those people out there, I was like, what are we doing? Like yeah, a congressional <laughs> what, hearing. Yeah, what right. are we doing? Right. Like, is this and what I our government should be thinking report. about? They had their congressional report
0: about uh, steroids and baseball. Steroids yes. and
1: baseball, and I said, are we are we really doing this? I mean, I know there's a lot of money involved and do whatever, but like, come on, man. We we foreign affairs, uh economy, like stick, say your leg like, you know like laws.
0: Yeah, I mean reproductive we, rights. We just you know have what mean? A former
1: president getting indicted. So they
0: they you're, there's other things. I, they uh, should be really concerned with. In
1: I, I do think, think the government serious.
0: might get involved with this. They might. Because, they, because it, look, government and, Tom, another great point that you make, it's all about the money. Everything else is just noise. And if you look at the conference realignment, you look at what is is, is either prompting or preventing institutions from making the leap or staying. It's all about money. And so... When you keep following the money trail Mm -hmm. and you start looking at these NIL deals, how recruits are making decisions based on NIL deals that are all about money or kids transferring because of NIL deals that are all about money. And when you're talking about an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old, 22 year old young person, I ain't gonna say kid, right? Because they can vote, they can go to wars, I ain't gonna say kid. But when it's purely about money, I think there's this it's this escalated level of danger, and so and then things happen. For example, you have the Clemson kid dismissed because he's taking pictures of his teammates unbeknownst to them, and he didn't pay taxes, <laughs> and putting them up on OnlyFans because it's all about money. You got the kicker from Iowa who was dismissed. He had a betting. Account in his mama name. I'm going to put it in my mama name. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. They traced it and found that he was betting on games in his mama name. Because it's all about money. 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids don't make good decisions when it's purely about money. The institutions that have patted themselves on the back being research institutions right, being in care of the future bright minds of America are also guilty of basically turning it into a money pit. And to me, I think that a lot of people, when when, it all, when the dust settles and the music stops in this musical chair run, there's gonna be a lot of people with some very bloody hands and dirty hands because they have turned this into just purely being about money. The idea of calling an athlete a student athlete in 2023 is almost laughable. And as a a coach and and an advocate for the academics and seeing what it is done for me in my life, I struggle with that because there's going to be the crimp of the crimp of college athletes that take full advantage of the monetary opportunities that come their way. But that's going to be a very small slice. The rest of those student athletes are going to have to enter into a working world at some point, with hopefully people skills, uh, academic skills, uh, uh, job training skills that they got from institutions. And I'm thinking that 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 that, that whole process of developing bright minds is quickly going out Golden the window, way, man, and it's sure. becoming all about money.
1: It is, and we were doing we were doing so well. I felt like they were. The, N- the NCAA NCA had uh put in some sanctions with graduation rates where you could lose scholarships and um I think there was even some like bowl uh bowl can, eligibility yes. Bowl eligibility. Yeah, yeah. The
0: bowls themselves had a stipulation where they could put something on academic requirements. Yes.
1: And that 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 is I said that just dead. When with all the alignment and NIL and all the stuff like that, they're going that's gonna the graduation rate of people who hit the portal is under thirty percent um 40 percent people never find anything else so all those people are just done they're off your graduation rate i know they juke the book sometimes with some of these people but like at the end of the day it's just going to start to get to the point where they get they can't even penalize people for graduating because they're gonna say i don't know really, he doesn't go here anymore he's just not here right he transferred he left so i feel bad that we're losing that i do like to see the kids get money i can't solve all the problems there but i think this realignment is just confusing for me as to like why they're doing it and again back to the money I think the the guys are supposed to make ninety five the, the member teams are supposed to make ninety five million dollars a year starting next year. Why would you want to invite people to the party and dilute that? I hey look, man. I don't get it. Like who's who's benefiting from it? You know, the Big Ten is just a collection of people. Like it's not like there's a Big Ten entity that's making all the money and profiting and then whatever. All that money's getting, you know, they have their operating budget and then they send the rest of the money back to the school. So I don't want anybody to come to the party.
0: I think the, the people are pumping the brakes and they realize that the TV deals aren't going to grow at the same rate that the conferences are growing, mm-hmm. right? All these other uh, media-related and, and monetary opportunities that come with additional institutions coming to the conference are a little slower to change than the conferences are changing. They're moving mm-hmm. faster than the money can move. And so that that hints, breaking news, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Our breaking news, how we got to this point, was the imminent shift of Oregon and Washington from Pac-12 to the Big Ten is no longer imminent. And I and, and look, I'm not a fly on the wall. I, I, I don't buy
1: any of that stuff. Everything sounds crazy until you and, hear it. Until
0: it, 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 it shifts <laughs> and is imminent again. But until it happens. While I'm not a fly on the wall, I was not CC'd on the email, I'm pretty certain that that breaking news has something to do with the fact that, wait a minute, wait, all right. The money baby. doesn't necessarily yeah, make sense there. Um, let's hop into something else, man, because the sport of sports in summertime, as the episode is called, August. We just August. We went, went strike, straight to August. What is the sport of sport in the summertime? What would you say is the sport of the summer? Don't mess this up. Baseball? Pop quiz. Baseball. I guess I don't watch a lot of baseball. You probably got the right answer there. Actually, <laughs>
1: baseball. I mean,
0: you messed up where I was going with this, but you got the right answer.
1: I don't know why we were talking so about I'll say baseball. The
0: second sport in the summer, then
1: in the summer. Yes, I mean football's fall. Basketball ends in the summer. Then there's baseball. Is there another sport? Soccer. WNBA? What are you talking? WNBA. There you okay. go. It took you a okay. minute to get there. but you I didn't know where we were going. <laughs> going. I didn't know where we were going. That was a pop
0: okay. quiz. Uh, and your answer was right. And I was wrong. Uh, baseball is probably the sport of the But <laughs> WNBA is a close second, damn it. Okay. Uh, WNBA, man, this week uh, is Miss 10K. Oh, Let's okay. give a shout That's out to great. Diana Tarasi, man. She is the, the first ever that. WNBA player to reach a total of 10,000 points. Now, if you think. You compare total points to NBA players like, yeah, man, but we got guys that score 30,000. No. WNBA has now gotten to the point where they played 35 games. NBA's playing 82 games. What Diana Taurasi did this week is nothing short of amazing. And I just want to make sure we give her props. Uh, She's at 41 years. I think she's 41. Last night she scored 42 points. First time she had scored uh, 42 points. And regulation, over 40 points regulation since 2010. That's 13 years ago, y'all. And so we celebrate LeBron and his longevity and him defying freaking mother nature. Let's do the same thing for Diana Taurasi, man. She she scored the 10,000th point on a three-pointer. Shout out to her. That's amazing. So I wanted to make sure I gave her her flowers. Shout out, Miss 10K, Diana Taurasi. Uh, that's a big deal, man. That's a really big deal. When you look at what you got to do to get to that point total, um, because of the, the limited number of games that they have over the summer, pretty freaking impressive. If you look at the number of miles that she's put on her body by playing overseas, if you look at the additional miles that she's put on her body, because in terms of international basketball play on the women's side, she has been the best that she has been Carmelo Anthony times 10 when it comes to her Productivity and impact on women's basketball, international basketball uh, uh, games, FIBA, right? Shout out to Diana Taurasi for being able to score ten thousand points at forty-one years of age. Shout out to you. Um, while we are talking about women's sport, man, I gotta get on the U.S. women's national team. They have limped, and I mean limped, into the next stage of the World Cup run. Um, they have been. They have looked really bad. Right, because they came in thinking, and rightly so, that they were going to be unstoppable because they've been unstoppable. Uh, But super talented roster has looked really pedestrian against the rest of the world so far. In their first game in this Group E stage, they won 3-0 over Vietnam. Not a surprise. But it was followed by a 1-1 draw versus the Netherlands in which they were down. First time they have been down in a match since I don't even know it. Long time. Long, long time. Come from behind 1-1 draw. And then, while gutsy, last night was a 0-0 draw with Portugal, in which Portugal should have probably won. And that's how they escaped. And I use the word escape because that's what they did. They escaped Group E and reached the round of 16, limping, hobbling, battered, and they got to go play Sweden on Sunday. It's 5 a.m. on Fox. I'm sure a lot of us won't be watching it, but we should make sure we at least record it because I don't know if if this team playing this way is going to be in line to win what would have been a historic third World Cup title because it just doesn't look like this is the team to do it. What say you, man? I know we don't watch a ton of of, of soccer. Soccer is
1: fluky and streaky, so I think they could. all those games can be behind them. They still have the talent out there. They got Dennis Rodman's daughter out there, so you know the worm. She's going to come in there and do a little something. Um, but there's a lot, the thing about soccer that just drives me a little bit crazy is that uh, there's so many fluky things to make a, ha- a game happen, a ball bounces a certain way. You know, they don't score enough. For for like even a dominant team that should be winning a win one zero you know so you never know what happened but they're, they're still in it it's a survival game all the games in the past pool they don't your pool play record doesn't follow you once you once you get into this fact the, the the, the round so fair fair they just got to win three more and they and it's they they they'll be champions And they got the talent to do it they they just need to wake the hell up you don't have to keep playing bad look right. look at how many times you see somebody in a in a basketball seven-game series, get whooped by thirty, and the next game they win by thirty. You know what I mean? Like, right? You got the players out there; they just gotta get it together. And that's now that's wake up call.
0: So you heard it here, the Ball Hall Sports Talk, my man, the Big Flow Show just gave you a y'all wake up call. Wake y'all ass up, because I think I am gonna try to wake my ass up on Sunday at five a.m. and maybe like five thirty. Watch knock over here. I might stay up. <laughs> That's early. That's early. Uh, Four
1: o'clock in the morning. I believe that we can
0: win. I know that was men's, but still, come on, let's go, ladies. Let's get this okay. third consecutive World Cup title. Let's do it. Um, let's go, USA, all the way. Um, they gotta play much better than they have. Uh, than they did in Group E. Um, with that, man, let's 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 get in the middle of the court. The ball's being passed to you. It's a no-look joint. It's the ball hog spotlight moment. Well, all the lights are off. The ball is in your hand. I don't need you to pass it. I need a bucket. I need what you have picked that we have not talked about today from Sports Business Entertainment that's going to bring the funk and bring the light to the spotlight on the court. Big Flow Show. What you got?
1: With all the introduction, I feel like I got to say more than I have to say. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) you you pass it to me and be like, uh... (laughs) Half yeah, price wings yeah, uh, at Chili's <laughs> this weekend. Now you know what? Um, real exciting moment for me. Probably don't mean it's not the big moment for everyone else, but uh, Skip Holtz was just hired as a special advisor, uh, to the head coach of Northwestern. Um, you know, obviously I played for Lou Holtz, and Skip Holtz was was, was one of the coaches on the staff, so we got a personal relationship with him. Not not that we were talking every day, but you know, um. It's just kind of cool to sit there and see my son going to be out there uh, with with the Holtz out there. You know, it's just it's it interesting. Cool. Everybody likes Skip. Skip's a great dude. Um, I think they did a good uh, – made a good decision at Northwestern by – He's
0: an assistant. He's the advisor to so – here, Here's the
1: situation. is The head coach, Braun, was a D coordinator they hired in January, right? So they figured, all right, well, now he's a head coach. You know, and he said himself, had this happened in January – he'd be hiring a defensive coordinator. But since it happened with, you know, two, three weeks before camp, what's more disruptive? Trying to make him the head coach, bringing a whole new D coordinator, switching the defense up, and having someone else call the defense that he just spent the spring and summer in stone? That's disruptive. That's disruptive. So he's going to still call the defense, and he's going to have somebody help him with the head coach duties, which makes a lot more sense because those are a little bit more universal. So he's still going to be the head coach, but he's going to have Skip as his special advisor to help him get through some of these – rough moments he's never had to think about being a head coach he hasn't even been a power five coach yet so i think it's a great idea they also supposedly they hired in the d coordinator from southern illinois to do something with this open position i think he'll i think what he's going to do is he's going to call the defense but he's going to have kind of a a underboss for both both positions he had so it's work but bring in a host while host is here see what he can do
0: that is cool, man. Um, And a full circle moment in terms of your life. That's, that's dope, man. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Skip Hopes. Shout out to Northwestern. Tough, tough situation. We've talked about it several times over the last few weeks. Tough situation because those young men um, are in the path of all of this media frenzy going around them. And remember, they're 18, 19, 20 years old. So um, shout out to, to that decision, and, and good luck to them. My ball hawk spotlight moment, as you pass the ball to me, I'm going to get that thing between the limb. And, 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 you know, I'm going to show out a little bit. But when it's time I'm to get tumble. to the cup, you, you, what did
1: you ask? <laughs>
0: No, no, no. Uh, but when I get to the cup, it's not going to be that exciting. Um, my Ball Hawk spotlight moment, man, is for my team. I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the raffle because we had this virtual not 50-50 anyway. raffle. Uh, the guy who won is Tim Growl, who is from the WSBT uh, Notre Dame pregame radio show that you and I have done. Actually, he asked us to do the, the Ireland show, too. I forgot to ask you. So uh, I asked you on air. So everybody heard that I asked you. Uh, but Um, He won it uh, roughly about $9,000, but that pot grew to a certain amount that um, while Tim won handsomely the $9,000 pot, uh, my kids won. So I want to say thank you to everyone who bought a ticket, uh, who circulated the link um, because they got uniforms. We're doing team dinners uh, when we go to away games. We're going to buy some uh safety equipment i'm trying to get tim to donate something back if you know tim just just give him a nudge to buy those guardian caps and and tim is an insurance guy so i think that works perfectly Um, to buy some insurance some some extra insurance to protect our babies uh so tim go ahead and feel free to give us some of those winnings back uh we got a post uh (laughs) postseason banquet
1: no pressure
0: no pressure at all for the millions uh hey man um, but the the reason I bring that up, man, is because we have our first game, our preseason game, is this week, this Sunday. The journey begins as we go on a quest to win another national championship. That's at the very, very end. We're way further down the highway. We don't see downtown just yet. We don't see the Sears Tower to use my man Big Flow's analogy. We're in the first inning, and we're not thinking about a championship. We are thinking about building young men and making them better every snap, every possession every quarter of every game and then getting them ready for high school and beyond. Um, And uh, that is a joy that I can't even describe, man, is being a part of these young men's lives and being a part of their development. So I'm fortunate God has blessed me with that. But I'm also blessed with with those people uh, that are in my network that helped us uh, raise that money in the raffle. Uh, So I thank you from the bottom of my soul. Uh, With that, Anything, my bad. Yeah,
1: breaking news again. The uh Pac 12 wasn't able to get the Grant and Wright signed this morning. So they're still expecting the Ducks and Huskies to join the Big Ten.
0: We re-break break the news and then re break it. We re break it. We re break the If the egg don't break right the first time, yeah. break another one. Uh it just goes to the point, man. It has become musical chairs. Um, this has been a great show, man. Um, we ask you like we do every week, we ask you humbly as you watch it even after the fact, please like, please comment, please share. there's any topic that hits on a nerve, you and your friend have been arguing about it in the beauty salons or in the barbershops or at the water cooler at work, go ahead and tag that friend. Let them see how we discuss and how we analyze it. Uh, There's a lot of debates of who's going to win that Crawford Spence fight. Tag that person. Let them hear how we covered it. We had the resident expert, Chufu Jordan, hop on. Uh, whatever it is, we ask you humbly to like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know so they can hear how we discuss things. And please subscribe to both our YouTube channel and the podcast. Uh, y'all know what it is, man. It's the Ball Hog Sports Talk, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. We had the big flow show in the building today from the Middle Coast. I am your boy, B-Brown ESQ, a.k.a. The Ball Hall, a.k.a. The Mouth of the South. A.K.A. Breezy, this has been our show. We do it rough, rugged, and raw. Sports, business, entertainment. Catch us next stuff. Friday.
1: Celebration.
0: Did I miss Mr. Celebration?
1: I forgot that one. You're going to give yourself 15 nicknames. You use all know. 15. <laughs> <You saw> Rewind.
0: <laughs> I am your boy, B. Brown, Esq. A.K.A. The Ball Hog. A.K.A. Mr. Accessible Celebration. A.K.A. Breezy. Did I miss another one? Mouth to the south, go ahead. Mouth to the south. Right. You you got him. Oh, I like it. Yo, I was just a test. You.
1: you I've been having to listen quiz. to this crap for years. Yeah, so. Yo, you
0: passed the pop quiz. I want to make sure you knew the names, baby. Uh, but this has been our show, man. We gonna catch y'all, man. T- catch us next week. Same time, ish. Same place for sure. Uh, same crew, maybe. But the same sports, business, entertainment, rough, same rough, energy. Rough. Come and surprise us.
1: Not bad for August, huh?
0: Not All right. Bad for August, man. Man. Y'all enjoy y'all weekend, man. Blessings. Peace. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. We is out. Peace.